The Handlebar, one of our favorite watering holes right here in Chico. Uh, their address is 2070 East 20th Street. What they do is make delicious food, and they have a fantastic rotating lineup of craft beer, excellent wine menu, and uh, craft cocktails as well. They have a wonderful happy hour, seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You're going to get a dollar off draft beers, half off bottles of wine, uh, and some money off cocktails. It's a pretty good deal. You're also going to find a nice dog-friendly patio. Take your kids, take the doggo, enjoy some sunshine. Handlebar, right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Oh, the commons. How I enjoy drinking at the... Right here by my house at 2412 Park Avenue. They've got 20 beers on tap and a selections of wine and hard kombucha that uh, rivals the nicest bars in town. You're going to get pizza soon, too. That's right. You heard it. They're opening a pizza restaurant right inside the commons. You're going to be able to get as much or as little of any beer or wine or hard kombucha you want with a side of pizza to go with it. They're open Tuesday through Saturday. Check their website or Instagram for their hours. Again, that's the Commons, 2412 Park Avenue. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome again to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer and movie podcast based in Chico, California, and my name is Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. This week on the show, we will have a review of the new film, Mortal Kombat, from director Simon McCoy. That's right. We've got beers from Morgan Territory out of Tracy, California. The first is an American wheat ale, and the second is a pale ale called Mad Badger Bloodlust. We have the long-awaited results of this year's Beer Madness Tournament. If you haven't heard, that's our March Madness-style tournament where our listeners decide which New England IPA will reign supreme. Will it be Greengate from Secret Trail right here in Chico or Num Num Juice from the Reading-based brewery Fall River that just happened to win last year's tournament? To all of our listeners on KZFR, you'll be hearing our review of that pale ale and the first portion of our discussion of Mortal Kombat, which will, of course, be spoiler-free for anyone who hasn't had a chance to see it in theaters or stream it on HBO Max. If you do want to hear the full conversation, you can find this episode, plus more than 200 other film and beer conversations, dating all the way back to 2016 at any of the places uh, Johnny Summers is going to tell you about right now. Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a rating or a review or any other place that quality podcasts are found. That's right. If you're more of a visual learner, you can find us on Instagram. If you like movie reviews, find us on Letterboxd. And if you like beer reviews, find us on Untapped, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. For all of that stuff, in one finely curated digital space, check out our virtual podcast mansion at freshhopcinema.com. There are many rooms, and you are welcome to enter. If you want to write us more than a sentence or two, or even want to send in a voice memo, send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. We'll read it. And you might even earn yourself a shout out on the show. Johnny, let's talk Patreon. I know we do it every week, but I really think Patreon is fantastic. We have a really special thing coming out uh, next week, or I guess midweek, um, that we'll talk about in a minute. But for those that don't know, Patreon is a way to support our podcast for like a buck a month if you want. You can give us $3 a month. You can give us any dollar amount per, per month that you'd like. We will say no to nobody. Uh, yes to everybody, in other words. Um, but you can sign up and you get access to all sorts of bonus stuff from us. We do bonus beer reviews and movie reviews. We have a sort of ongoing um, film knowledge series where we break down what people do in various roles in the movie making process. Um, to all of our patrons right now, check your feed Tuesday, May 3rd. Johnny just had a great conversation with friend of the show and Sierra Nevada brewer, Brian McGillivray. Do you want to do you want to tease any bit of that, Johnny? Ooh, there was so much. We got into <laughs> to, to hard seltzer. We got into some a little bit of movie stuff. We definitely got into uh, the beer industry as a whole and his take on it and his background. And there was a ton of, of juicy nuggets in there. So yeah, really look forward to hearing some feedback on that. I really enjoyed making it. I know you did too, Max. And uh, I'm really, really stoked to share it with you guys. Yeah, there's going to be some of it. We're going to chop up a portion of it and put it out to the public. So if you like that, um, so say you've already heard it and you're coming back to listen to this episode, uh, the full conversation, which was, um, I think, just over an hour, is going to be exclusive to Patreon. So again, for as little as a dollar a week or a month, if you'd like, you get access to that and a bunch of other bonus content. Uh, so don't be shy. It's patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. Johnny Summers, that is all the housekeeping I believe we have at the top of the show. Do you think we get into beer? 
Oh, please. I need it. Give it to me. I would love a beer right now. Okay. So we're talking Morgan territory brewing today. Um, and originally this brewery was, they were out of a place uh, called Schooner's Grill and Brewery uh, back in Antioch back in 2014. And this dude named Craig Cowles was making beer at the time. And a while later, this dude named Kyle Manigold, he's now a co-owner and their head brewer. He joined the team and those two relocated to Tracy, which is where it is now. And they founded Morgan Territory back in May of 2016. Uh, the new brewery went on to win a gold medal for their Apogee Baltic Porter at the World Beer Cup that year and Brewery of the Year at the California State Fair in 2019, we have not covered Morgan Territory since episode 169, which was April 14th, 2020. We covered their beers Motorboatin', which is an IPA, and Hoptomic, which was a double IPA. What are we drinking uh-huh. first today, my friend? Yes, the first beer up this week we have is called Bees Better Have My Honey. It's a wheat ale, a wheat-style beer that's 6% ABV. And from them we read, Bees Better Have My Honey is our interpretation of an American wheat To spice it up, we added substantial amounts of local honey and seasonal citrus. This particular one has tangerine. Half of the malt bill is American white wheat for the cloudy appearance and light bready flavors. We add honey and orange zest to the fermenter following fermentation to make sure the character from both remain bright. Experimental hop 06297, orange slash berry, provides synergy with the fruit addition. This is light-bodied with elevated carbonation. So I'll give my disclaimer now. This is going to be a weird episode because earlier, possibly last week, possibly the week before, I done contracted the COVID. And I learned that because I lost my sense of taste and smell. So um, while it might be fun for the effects of alcohol to be drinking on this week's episode, I will not be because I would basically have nothing to contribute. So listeners will be relying on Johnny's mouth and nose and overall senses to report on this beer. I think that's a a worthwhile disclaimer. Well, I'm sorry, but all you have to go on is my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm still actively a part of this. I've got a lot of questions for you as we start drinking this beer, but um, yes, if you are looking to me for insight, look elsewhere because I will not be providing any in the realm of beer this week. All right. Well, I have, I have poured, I have sniffed, I have quaffed and I'm ready to report back. So the first thing you're going to get is obviously it's a, it's a nice pale, like misty, I wouldn't call it hazy. It's a little bit like a light fog. It's like uh, you don't you don't need your windshield wipers, but you need your low beams on type sure. fog. Uh, yeah, it's a nice, really bright yellow. Like I said, just a little misty. I get immediately the first thing I notice is a ton of citrus on the nose, which yeah, definitely wouldn't work if you can't smell this. Right. Um, no, super like rich, zesty, almost lime notes in the the citrus on the nose. Uh, it drinks really light really subtle the citrus is definitely like uh understated enough to not take over balances out really nicely and i was concerned you read anything with honey in the name there's Mm. a a real good roll of the dice that it's gonna be too sweet yeah just because like honey takes over like that that cloying sweetness you get from honey can can really just dominate when when you let it and I think they did a really good job keeping that honey sweetness in check and finding a nice balance between that that sweetness and the tangy, bright zestiness of that citrus with the the breadiness and the maltiness of the the beer itself. So this is uh, it's really crisp. It's clean. It's got nice citrus notes, little tiny bit of sweetness. Nothing stands out in any real negative ways as far as flavors right off the bat. I think this is a nice, smooth drinking beer. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I'm trying to think of a beer that people, at least here in Chico, would have had to compare this to. And I was going to go with Sierra Nevada's Kellerweiss, but I think that's a Bavarian wheat, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. So the next the next closest or maybe most popular one that I could think of is like Blue Moon, um, which is, you know, for all of its sort of mass marketing and, and you know, <laughs> every time you go to a, like, I can't tell you how many times I've been to like a Burgers and Brew and somebody walks up to the bar like, you guys have, like the look at every time, like, you guys have Blue Moon? Or like Coors Light, mm-hmm. like it's got that sort of popularity. Um, yeah. So I don't know that I would necessarily um, put it up against this if it weren't for the fact that it were so popular. Like how does this compare to a Blue Moon? Well, I would say it's much different because Blue Moon's a Belgian style ale, oh, that's and true. Keller yeah. and Kellerweiss is a, a traditional Keller beer from yeah. like the German origin with tons of like coriander right. and like different spice notes. What I would say that you would compare this to is like maybe someone from Chico would be like a crystal wheat or like oh, okay. back in the day, like a, a red label unfiltered crisp unfiltered wheat beer. Nice. 
um, because at its core, it is a wheat beer, uh, and it's very similar in profile, minus the honey and the citrus, to a beer like Crystal Wheat. Okay. So I would hearken it to something like that, and then you just bump up the sweetness, maybe 20%, and then add like a twist of orange, and yeah. you get this beer. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're a fan of... Are you Do you even like Crystal Wheat from, from Sierra Nevada? I do. Okay. Yeah, I liked Crystal Wheat quite a bit. It was one of the first beers that I drank like a whole bunch of. Like, yeah, me too. Buying a case from Costco and just like having a beer after work every day like to unwind. Uh, that old red label is what really got me into it. And then I it turned to the the old Chico crystal wheat. I yeah. still keep that around. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm very fond of this beer. That and like Sierra Nevada's brown ale were oh, two yeah. of like yeah. my favorite early craft beers that I, I just fell in love with. But uh, no, I do like those beers. So it's a pretty logical conclusion that I would like this one. And I do. I think it's it's really nice. It's It's honestly a bit sweet. It's not too sweet, objectively. Mm-hmm. But for my taste, it's it's a little bit sweeter than something I would reach for, let's say, more than one can of. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's sort of the the slippery slope of, like you were saying, of honey beers. Like, they can get, like, really cloying. And if you have more than one, especially, that's my problem with mead. Like, I love if the, that first sip of a, a cup of mead is just so delicious, but then you have, like, three or four, and it's like, I'm just, like, drinking sugar, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. And this doesn't sound quite that sweet, but it does <clears throat> sound like it might get there if you had, yeah, more than one, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's really good, but honestly, the warmer it gets, the more it opens up and the more mm-hmm. honey I'm getting. Like I opened this beer and poured it before we started the show. So it's had a minute, you know, at room temperature to kind of raise a little bit yep. temperature wise. And it's it's blossoming. Hun- like I'm almost getting some floral notes from the honey. Sure. Because you know how like in local honey, you can almost taste like the wildflower pollen. Yeah. Like it might just be in my head, but some... I'm sure it's there. Like I haven't tasted enough honeys to have like a broad spectrum of mm-hmm. of of reference, but I almost do get some like wildflower honey. Might just like wildflower notes. Could be my imagination, but it could be the honey. All right. Um basic uh, questions here. Uh you found this in Chico. Can I ask where and maybe how much it'll cost people if they want to get their hands on it? Yeah, I got these both at Spike's Bottle Shop and they were right around like three or four dollars a can. This beer and the the second beer of the show. So both readily available at Spike's. I've seen them kind of all over town morgan territory is getting around a little bit so i would say pretty much any reputable reputable bottle shop is going to have them but these were from spikes and yeah i like it man i think it's like i said a little too much to have more than one of and i want this beer cold like i want this right out of the fridge yeah that's that's i think probably the move the way you're describing it at least that's what i would do as well um any other glaring things you don't love or or things you want to point out that you really do like before i ask you to give me a rating um you know as it warms up the nose gets a bit more earthy and a little bit some of those that malt profile comes through it doesn't taste as bright and citrusy as before it just starts to taste like smell like warm beer which is what it's turning into so (laughs) that's not really uh anything i would say this is a hot weather beer best drank very cold like perfect beer for the river, post yard work on the front porch type situation. When you're in the mood for like a treat, you want something a little bit sweeter than like an IPA. This is a solid option. All right, good. Bees better have my honey from Morgan Territory. Johnny Summers, one out of 10. What you got? I mean, one, one two, 10. Yes, <laughs> one out of 10. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a seven, five. It's seven, a solid five. beer. Okay, great, man. Uh, any other notes on this or should we move into Beer Madness? I think it's worth a try if if you're intrigued at all by this review. It's it's worth picking up. That's what I would say. Great. Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you get a chance to try bees, better have my honey. Yeah, let us know what you think. You can email us, like Johnny said, at fhccast at gmail.com or find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema. It is time to conclude what has been several weeks of a long journey that we call Beer Madness. Yes. It has been about a week and a half of voting in the championship round. Uh, Greengate from Secret Trail versus Num Num Juice from Fall River. And I think it's only fitting to maybe take a moment and go back and retrace some of the struggles that these beers have gone through. Johnny Summers, would you please tell me where Greengate started, who it had to defeat to get to where it is, and uh, how it's looking now? In round one, it defeated Bag of Tricks from Moxa. In the Sweet 16, it took down Mind Haze from Firestone Walker. Handily, might I add. With 61 to 39. I'm assuming that's what those numbers mean. Yes, indeed. Sweet. I'm smart. Handily defeated Firestone Walker's Mind Haze. In the Elite Eight, 
It took down Disco Ninja from Revision, big a local week. favorite. Big week that one was. That was a bit of, I mean, these were all kind of upsets, man. Like, But I think, I don't know, we were talking about Mind Haze from Firestone Walker being sort of like the gas station popularity contest. Like, it's everywhere. But then it beat Disco Ninja also. And I mean, he was, he was climbing mountains with a lot of oomph. Absolutely. And it also won that matchup pretty, pretty darn handily. Uh, 64 to 36. Yeah. Percent. These yes. are percentages. Yes, sir. Okay. I was like, only 64 people voting? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 God, no. 64% of the vote. Yeah. And then in the final four, it beat Make America Juicy Again from Heretic uh, with 70% of the vote in Sudden Death. Yeah, that, that was the Sudden Death round. That was our first ever. Yeah. They had a, it was a 50 50 tie, which was also pretty mind blowing. And then we had a, I think it was ended up being just over 24 hours of a sudden death match, and it it wiped the floor with Make America Juicy again. Yeah, with 70 percent of the vote. So we had two sudden death matches because the championship wasn't the championship a sudden death. No, sir, it was not. Oh, we just extended it for a yeah, week. We That's just figured, what it was. Why not? Yeah, it's our tournament. We can make it as long as we want. That's exactly right. <laughs> this is our world. We make the rules. You guys just live here. Right, and then so you go ahead. Sorry. So Greengate has had a a pretty impressive journey taking out. Some very well-known, very popular beers. I mean, Make America Juicy Again was really storming through this tournament. And for Greengate to handle it with 70% of the vote was uh, pretty impressive to make it into the finals. Going in with a pretty strong statement. Yeah, and it was going up against Num Num Juice. Again, like you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Num Num Juice comes from Fall River Brewing, which won the tournament last year with Hexagenia, their West Coast IPA. And they had no easy task in week one. They went up against Fresh Haze from Deschutes which is a beer that, if I remember right, dude, you really like, right? I'm a fan of that beer. I like Fresh Squeezed in general, and I liked the hazed-up version of yeah. it that they made called Fresh Haze. Yeah, I was yeah. into it. And Deschutes is such a big brewery now. They get so much distribution, especially compared to something like a Fall River, that it, it surely could have been a really close matchup. It was not. Fall River won with 77% of the vote over Deschutes, which is uh, pretty mind-blowing. And then it went on against an even bigger, uh, maybe not bigger size-wise, but perhaps more of an avid following with Monkish. They had the beer Smarter Than Spock against uh, Num Num Juice, and Num Num Juice took it, 64% of the vote, which brought us into the Elite Eight against another local favorite, Soaked from New Glory. It's worth noting that last year, New Glory and Fall River were the two in the championship round, so this was a bit of a grudge match, so to speak, and uh, Fall River came out on top with 75% of the vote, which brought us to the final four, up against another beer that was just just making waves. It had taken out Julius, and that is Socks and Sandals from Humble Sea, and Fall River's Num Num Juice crushed it with 73% of the vote. That's insane. In only one round of this competition, did they have less than 70% of the vote? I know. It's, it speaks volumes to the following of, of Fall River. Just a lot, of loyal, a lot of loyal fans. Max, I cannot wait any longer. Who won? Okay, so... Again. Wait. Yep. Drum roll. We okay, have to sure, have a drum sure, roll. Sure. Okay. So the winner was Num Num Juice with 59% of the vote. They just came through again. Greengate, a lot of support too. We had a ton of votes in this last uh in this last round. And again, it went a little bit longer than our other rounds had, but just a well-fought battle by both breweries, by, by every brewery really that got involved. Um, just a really, really great showing for this year's madness. I was I'm 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 happy with it. Either of those winning would have been great for me. I'm, I'm just stoked that there's this much local love for these beers, and um, I'm glad that it shows in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was rooting for, for Secret Trail with Greengate, but, I mean, you cannot deny uh, that Num Num Juice and Fall River have just a rabid following. I mean, it's no. impressive. Their fans and their social media presence really came through, and uh, hats off to both finalists. Honestly, they're both fantastic beers. Yeah. And uh, big shout out and hats off, round of applause, golf clap, if you will, indeed, to indeed. to Fall River, Num Num Juice. They are the reigning, mm-hmm. defending yeah. champions of beer madness. Who is going to take them down next year <laughs> in our third anniversary tournament? It's, man, it's going to be a, a hotly contested next year. Oof, I can't wait to see this next year's tournament. It's going to be so Congratulations yeah. to Fall River. Yeah, all right. And we're not going to get out of these woods without talking about some of the submission brackets that we asked for as this competition got going. Now, uh, for those that did submit brackets, we're not going to go through everybody. We're going to give away, uh, well, we're not giving away prizes on air because this is not live, 
but uh, we're going to announce the top three winners. And there was a potential for 56 points in this bracket. First round was one point. Second round was two points. Uh, third round was four points, all the way up to eight points in the championship. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to pat my own back real quick, toot my own horn. I'm not in the running here, but I did do a great job. <laughs> I had the highest prediction of anybody. So I'm just, there's my own little pat on my back. I did a great job. I love my guesses. I did so good. And you were, uh, if you were playing legit, legitimately, you would have been uh, in the lead by eight points. Handily. Yes. Handily. Yes. Handily. Um, but I am not. So we had a tie for first place. And that tie goes to Philip James and Shauna Fraser. Uh, one of those, Shauna, is our patron. So that makes me feel really good. She's on so Patreon. That's, Go ahead. That's the tiebreaker. By default, she wins. I guess that would be the case. I'm <laughs> fine giving them both care packages, uh, but I'm yeah, happy to absolutely. argue if you want. Okay. No, they both deserve it. Great tie for first place. And they're both great people. Gotta yeah. love them both. Yeah, and they, they came in first with, with 30 points each, which is really, really good. Um, Pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I we can maybe uh, give them their brackets back and I'll show how we scored it. But um, we're going to jump out of Patreon for our second place. And that goes to Gabe. He's a co-host of The Hot Pod. It's a podcast. If you guys uh, don't listen to it, I really think you should. Uh, Gabe and Steven are the co-hosts and they review beers from different breweries. It's a great show. So Gabe, you got 28 points, man. I'm not sure how. A lot of these beers were very local to us in Northern California. Um, but congrats, man. Um, and also, if you want bragging rights over Steven, Steven got 18. So you almost uh, almost doubled. So congrats. 10 more points. Gloat for forever, if you'd like. That's right. He's got that beer game knowledge, son. He really does. Uh, Johnny, who got third place? Third place, friend of the show, friend of ours, Ben Murray with 24 points. Tied yeah. with one Nick Land. Yeah. Yeah. Good looking. Uh, so congrats, guys. We'll give, uh, yeah, we'll give, we'll give prizes to all of you. Get in touch with us and we'll figure out how to do that um, best. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to do it yet, but we'll figure it out. We appreciate you participating as well as everybody else who uh, submitted brackets. Johnny, do you want to, do you want to give yourself a shout? Uh, I'll just run down the rest of the, uh, the top ranked brackets. Okay. Uh, we won't go too far into the weeds. We'll just go for like a, the next few. Okay, sure. Uh, Chris Gomez was next in line with 21 and he had all but one correct in the first round. That was so really, came yeah, out, that was impressive. He came out swinging. And then next is me <laughs> with, uh, with 20 points. I, I, you know what? I still beat this guy Steven from the the podcast. <laughs> so it's not you wrong. know, yeah, you and me, we're like the winners of the 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 toilet bowl, man. Love it. We're gonna have to, yeah. So I got twenty. Steven from the Hop, is it the Hot Pod? Same, yeah, same yeah. show. Yeah, the Hot Pod. Uh, I need to check out that show. Yeah, it's great. He he gave a uh, eighteen points, solid showing. And then we had one Janet McHugh with seventeen points. Sophie Horn, shout out, patron, shout out, friend of the show. Uh, with 17 points, and then rounding out our list for the day is Chris Bono with 15 points. So well fought, well picked. Um, unless you didn't get named, and then your bracket didn't, got less than 15 Sorry, points, and it yep, was not well yep, picked. Sorry, but I, I, yeah, there was a lot of. I mean, we don't need to go over this again, but I think the big miss that a lot of people scored lower than 15, um, or even sort of those last few, like you're included in this, is the hazy little thing from Sierra Nevada, which we both thought would go farther. Yeah. Um, and you had it, I think, all the way to the championship, right? I did. I think I had it winning. Yeah, I think you did too. Um, and it just didn't, you know? I can't remember what it lost to right away. It might have been Make America Juicy again. I think it was. And that's just crazy to me. Yeah. Anyways, another successful year of Beer Madness. Congrats to the top three winners, or in this case, I guess, top five, if you count the ties, which we are counting. Um, do you have anything else on Beer Madness before we close it for the year, Johnny? Yes. One final thank you, uh, first of all, to Max for putting together and doing so much of the legwork for the bracket Thanks. and getting the banners organized. I mean, seriously, guys, he does so much more than you realize. Hey, A lot of what happened with this tournament couldn't have been possible without Max. Big shout out to him. Yes. Uh, also, thank you to everyone that submitted a bracket, everyone that voted, every single brewery that shared us on Instagram mm. and Facebook and got involved every bar that helped make it happen and let us put up our banners and just really got behind it. Uh, Everyone that participated, thank you so much. We can't wait to do it again next year. Word. All right. We are going to play a trailer for the new film, Mortal Kombat. It's streaming now on HBO Max and it's in theaters some places. If you haven't seen it yet, we're not going to spoil it without giving you plenty of heads up. So stick around. We'll talk about it right after this. First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. Ah! 
target has superhuman abilities. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking, I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm Liu Kang. Name's Jax. Kong Lao. Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground, we will not fail. Kill them. Outworld has won 9 out of 10 of the last Mortal Kombat tournaments, and to ensure that the bad guys will win and that evil can rule forever, a really bad guy named Shang Tsung decides to cheat and send his main mercenary dude Sub-Zero to Earthrealm to preemptively slay all of the potential good guys before the 10th tournament. Uh, and this is where we jump in. Our story of this third live-action Mortal Kombat film follows Cole Young, an aspiring MMA fighter with a mysterious dragon birthmark on his chest. Cole's approached by this guy named Jax, who informs him that that's no birthmark, but an invitation to fight to defend Earthrealm in the Great Tournament. Fights ensue, cheesy video game lines are delivered, the world hangs in the balance. This is the essence of every Mortal Kombat film. This particular one was uh, written and directed by Simon McCoy. It stars... Maybe we'll just do uh, Louis Tan for now, who plays Cole Young, and we can go over more of the cast in a little bit. Um, like I said, it was released on HBO Max and in theaters on April 16th. It runs an hour and 50 minutes long. And like I said, this is the third live action film based on a video game franchise that got its start in the 90s. So with that caveat, I doubt that it's fair to discuss this movie as anything else. So Johnny, kick it off. What did you expect from uh, Mortal Kombat and what'd you get? Well, you know, just I what I expected is what I saw in the trailers is kind of a new face on an old familiar dog. Like mm. maybe we're teaching the old dog some new tricks with some new graphics and maybe maybe a better movie. That's what I was kind of hopefully expecting. <clears throat> what I found was that Mortal Kombat, uh, it was a fun revisit to a familiar universe. Not going to lie, it had me pretty hyped. Like mm -hmm. The trailers looked dope. I was super stoked. Uh, the movie, it felt it felt campy, and it felt familiar in the, in the old movies kind of way. At least in some parts, it felt very akin to the old Mortal Kombat's, like Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which mm -hmm. I loved both of them. They were terrible movies, but they were real fun. And I loved the video games as as a kid and even now. Like so, caveat with that. Yeah, I love the video games. Um, so there was character development in this, which it was more than expected. But man, it was not all for the good of this film. It didn't really focus on like personality or backstory, except for MMA guy. Oh a yeah, brand, a brand new character. That for some reason they thought they needed. Like there wasn't enough characters mm -hmm. in Mortal Kombat already. Let's just add a new guy in. He's gonna you're gonna be confused for the whole movie about like, is this guy somebody else? Like, is he familiar? Do I, should I know this person? No, he's brand new. For I don't know why. Uh I felt like he was a real letdown as the lead in this movie, or like the main character. Uh not not a super big fan. Kind of bummed about him. But then you had Kano. Who, uh, who, in my opinion, he was a, a hilarious device for this movie to deliver some comedy. He was engaging. Uh, he was a one, two, maybe three trick up the sleeve, vulgar little pony. Uh, he was ultra violent, ultra crude. So naturally, I loved him. Yep. Uh, none of the other characters even felt remotely fun to me. Uh, I felt like they were all super shallow. And they played, I mean, honestly, like video game characters. I mean, come on, man. If we're doing if we're doing backstory, I want it all. 
I want flashbacks to like very pivotal moments that led every major player to where they are now. Like, give me the Liu Kang story arc. I want the meat in this blood-soaked sandwich. I just don't want soggy pink bread. That's just sad. Uh, the plot, it was there. It's not the plot you expected. It's the plot you got. Uh, yeah, viewer beware. This flick is definitely universe building. They're establishing a franchise. You're going to get thrown a ton of new rules, and it all felt really forced down my throat. I mean, all in all, it's a decent, above average, slightly action movie. Good popcorn and beer movie, but overall left feeling very disappointed. Yeah, so I have similar feelings, my friend, um, which I think starts from the point of expectations. And I, just just to double check, like I went back and kind of skimmed through the original two movies. Uh, the, and again, they came out in the 90s. The first one was just called Mortal Kombat. It came out in summer of 95 and it was directed by <clears throat> Paul W.S. Anderson. And the second one was called, like you said, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, 97 in November. And it was John R. Leonetti who directed it. And they are vastly different movies. Something happened in those two years where they just were like, all the special effects need to go into the second movie. And they're really, really, really bad. There's, mm-hmm. there's this one particular line, which is, and the dialogue is bad too. I'm not just like, it's a great movie, but the special effects, I'm like, no, it's a bad movie, including the special effects. Um, and there's, you could basically out of context, take any line from that movie and just, I could drop, I'll drop one in now. Why not? Mother. You're alive. Too bad you will die. So that kind of thing. Every line has that kind of play where it's just like, did you guys even rehearse? It's terrible. I'm saying all this because that was kind of the bar that this movie had to beat was those previous two movies. And it's better than those. I'll give it that. Like they do try to develop some characters. And I agree like Cole Young as a random fictionalized person that they brought in for some reason isn't the greatest move. Like to me, it felt like those old computer games, like, there's a Lord of the Rings game in particular I used to play where you get so excited because like, maybe I can be Gandalf or Aragorn. It's like, no, you get to be like an unnamed ranger that kind of gets to watch as the heroes do their thing. And it's like, that's not as fun, but that's kind of what happens in this movie with Cole. Yeah. Um, Which I guess is fine because ultimately what I was looking for is the Mortal Kombat thing. Like, I just want to see cool fight scenes and some really intense fatalities with like some nods to the video game. And I want the fights to feel legit because I think they can. My problem is that they didn't like yeah. the fight struck these really weird balances of um, like old school sort of Kung Fu movies where it's like really light and like, like almost like crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of gravity listness um, mm-hmm. except for when like fatalities would happen. Cause that stuff is obviously over the top and mortal Kombat-y, but felt kind of real. And I just think the fights were a bit of a letdown. Like they did a lot of that quick cutting stuff where the cameras are close in and it kind of jumps around and you can't really get your bearings and I just wish they might have been like, hey, maybe we pull back with the camera, like let do the choreography and, and trust these really skilled actors that did a lot of these stunts on their own to deliver a really great performance. And they just kind of, you know, pulled the rug out from under and was like, we'll just fix it in editing. And it just, I don't know, it felt flat. It was entertaining enough to watch, but I was, uh, I think, ultimately pretty let down. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Plus, in the fight scenes, you're looking for certain things like I want that epic uppercut to be delivered at least once in this movie. Yeah. I got no uppercut, Max. You, not you once. Know, the emphasis is put on some of these, um, you know, like finisher moves or, or taglines. Like you're obviously going to get the get over here from Scorpion or like the hat spinning thing from Kung Lao. Like you get some of that, but mm-hmm. it just feels like they put all of the emphasis in those small little moments. And then the rest of it feels so hollow because of it. Mm-hmm. I agree. And there was never really like the high, like, the, the, in in the old ones, you know, and even in the video game, like you get the tension of having like a three round fight or like, sure. you know, oh, you won that round. But like, oh, who's going to win in the end? And it was never I felt like the stakes were like really low. Like there was never like a question to me if like this person's going to win or this person's going to win. And I don't know. I, I didn't really get down with the fights either. It was. Yeah, it didn't live up to so much of the potential that they could do right now. Like we've seen, like dude, there was better fight scenes in like like all the John Wick movies had well, better hand to hand combat. Yeah, those are like those are sort of the best that fight scenes can be. Like for sure. Like I, I don't even think I needed John Wick level hand to hand combat, but I wanted something better than it. Just felt too video gamey. And I know it's a weird critique for a movie based on a video game when they're trying to kind of establish that ambiance. Not that's not the right word, but you get the idea. 
And I just, I don't know, especially when you get scenes of just all of the bad guys, like, I think they just mailed it in. Like, I don't think almost any of that was anything but CGI. Like when you get those yeah. big montage shots of all of the bad guys lining up, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, it just seems like the effort was put in, in places that I would have maybe not chosen. Yeah, I agree completely. And I feel like maybe not video gamey might be the wrong way to phrase it, but mm. more just like the thing with the video games is like they weren't real, but they were like exaggerated reality. Yeah. Totally. So like they went for like a realism, like you said, with like the old Kung Fu movies Yeah. with like a softness around the edges. But like the video games are like brutal, ultra violent, like way more like this is reality turned to like 38. Totally. And this was like reality turned down but there's some special powers like it was it struck a weird chord with me the fight scenes man like i agree like it bugged me in so many different ways just like everyone i was like come on this isn't this isn't how it should be like i don't know like i want it to feel more real but also more elevated yeah more more mortal combat more mortal Kombat. Uh, video game exactly. not not previous movies obviously yeah it's also probably worth noting this is the director's first feature film. He's kind of he's got a background in specifically video game commercials. He's directed a bunch okay. of Halo and Call of Duty commercials. So this I, he seems like he might have been the right guy for the job, but it does seem like when when the moments came to make it a little bit more cinematic and, and more dramatic as a movie might go, he kind of didn't have the the ex- certainly the experience, but not the intuition or the instinct to to really know how to deliver. Yeah, man, you need like an action movie director to direct this. Yeah, like I think it would have been nice. I, maybe we could do a, 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 a conversation sometime about sort of the dream team of who could make this movie right. I would probably involve some of the stunt team from John Wick, maybe some some writers from something like Die Hard and just like really put put the work in to, to deliver it on all fronts, not just, you know, spending most of your budget on every fatality and then CGIing the rest of it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. There was talk of a not, there wasn't direct talk, but there was clearly hinting at a sequel, maybe a few. Do you find yourself interested in seeing those sequels if they are made? I mean, now that this universe is established, there's a good groundwork to be laid if they use a different director. So you would only see it with a different director? No, I'm still going to see it. Okay. But like, I think the only way it gets better is with different direction and different writing. I mean, Yeah. Yeah. This is a sandbox that someone better suited should be playing in, in my opinion. I mean, like, throw someone like a Frank Miller in there. Or yeah, like, sure. you know, God, there's so many good directors that do action that would just blow this out of the water. And like, you know, yeah, they need to really, really reevaluate what they're going for, like what the whole point was. And and honestly, the whole plot of this movie was kind of a bit of a letdown too. Like it, it's yeah. all building up the com- you know the the commercials and all the trailers were building up to this big tournament and we never got the big tournament like you know that's yeah. the point of these movies right you know it's what like- i had a problem with uh, in addition in addition to that and and kind of what you're saying is like they they cast Hiroyuki Sanada who plays uh, Hanzo Hasashi who is Scorpion and he's been in a ton of stuff i think i first saw him in the last samurai great mm-hmm. great authentic action dude who who specializes in japanese uh martial arts yeah. And like they, the first, maybe what do you think that first like prelude is like 15 minutes. You get kind of his yeah. backstory centuries ago. Like I got attached to that guy. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. let's follow this redemption arc. And then it kind of cuts to, to modern day. And, and I don't know if it's too spoilery to say this, but like clearly the movie's not about Scorpion though. He does come up later. It's just like, that's the more interesting story to tell. And I get that to some extent it has been told in the previous movies, but I, I given the choice between Cole Young and Hanzo Hasashi, like, give me, give me Scorpion's arc. I want that way more. All day. Yeah. 100%. Because they, they, they bait and switched us, man. They totally. got us hooked at the beginning with this beautiful, beautiful cinematography too. Yeah. Like the camera work and like the effects in that first Those were good fight scenes. Of this, Those were good fight scenes, I think, dude, if I remember right. It, it set the bar so high for this movie. And then that, that character just wasn't really a factor the rest of the time. And I was like, yeah. cool, super cool. I'm glad we focused on him for some reason. Yeah, and I get that, like, for the arc of, of Cole's, I don't, again, I don't think it's too spoilery to say, like, Cole, Cole is a descendant of, of Hanzo Hasashi, so that ties in later, but I don't know that it was enough to justify, a, definitely a brand new character, but also shifting the focus of the entire movie to this brand new character, just so we can, I guess, rehash this old vendetta between Sub-Zero and Scorpion later in the movie. I just deal with it all at once. Let me just follow yeah, that. Bro, I don't even know why Cole Young was in this movie. 
I'm still trying. I think it's to humanize all of these old video game characters where you kind of know the deal and to bring in a new person. You're just like, Oh, he has a family and, and there's stakes now. That's fine. It's fine. I think that's a bad move because I think the generation of people that are watching this movie now mm-hmm. probably aren't as familiar with those characters as we are. So like you could do a fan service type treatment on all these classic characters and it's going to make the old school fans happy, the people that are our age and like the younger 20, like 16 to 25 that maybe have never played the games are going to be like, well, these are cool yeah. video game characters. Like I like this guy's over the top personality. I like this guy that shoots lightning out of his fingers. Right. Like, you know, I think they could have done both. And instead they hit like a middle ground. That's probably going to make neither group happy. I totally agree. Let's give mortal Kombat a rating out of 10. Uh, out of 10, it's going to be like a 4.8, 4.8. That is 0.8 higher than me. I'm just going to go four flat. And I think that's fine. Are you okay with maybe spoiling some stuff? Yes. Okay. Then once again, you've been listening to fresh hop cinema. If you've seen mortal Kombat, we want to hear what you think. So get in touch. Find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema, or you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com, or just head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com, for film reviews, beer reviews, and podcast episodes dating all the way back to 2016. To our KZFR listeners, the full-length version of today's conversation will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., wherever quality podcasts are found. And all of our podcast listeners will be right back after this. Danger Zone. Danger Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Is that what you were about to sing, sir? No, we can hear that, but I I knew you were singing. Oh, yeah, man. I was tickling the old vocal ivories. How long have we been doing the Danger Zone, man? Feels like forever. It does, doesn't it? Like, it feels like it's an established enough segment. Although I still remember a time where it was like kind of new and novel. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. You remember when when we used to do, and this is more recent, but we used to do the Danger Zone uh, at the end of the show? Yeah. I think this is better. Me too. Let's finish talking about right, the like movie that's, in yeah, one fell like, swoop. Let's just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because everything after is, yeah. Every Production time, notes every time live get, like, on air. A new, a new like segment or something that we really like. It's like, why weren't we doing this before? It makes way more sense. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We're getting, I think we're there though. I feel like this is, we're, we got it. We're, yeah, we're still evolving, but we got this. Yeah, okay, so all that to say, Danger Zone, if you haven't been with us before, is when we spoil the movie. We talk about it mostly like we've all just seen it, um, unless there's something we really need to explain. But again, this is Mortal Kombat. I don't think much needs breaking down, right? Exactly. And I'm going to be sipping on the our, our last beer throughout the Danger Zone so I can formulate a oh. good old opinion for you all right. guys. Curveball. Well, um, you know, well, we watched the movie two days before. Yet we are we demand ourselves mm. to immediately have instant opinions and feedback about a beer. And I say, I'm going to buy myself five minutes so I can think about right. this beer. Well, I have some questions probably about Mortal Kombat that I can throw your way. Anyways, if we uh, unless you had a way you wanted to start the danger zone. Um. Well, I mean, it sounds like we're both pretty cold on it. I'd like to start with maybe things we didn't like the most. Uh, okay, sure. I think... Again, mine's all going to come down to critiquing this like a fight based, like a video game, a fighting video game based movie. So, so exactly what it is. Yeah. So my, so my critiques are coming from that, the, you know, perspective, like what my least favorite fight was probably the Goro fight, which if you don't play the games or remember that, that's the dude with the forearms, the big muscular fellow that kind of comes through a portal to fight Cole and his family. And it's like Mm -hmm. just super CG'd. Although I was doing some research and apparently that was not a totally CG monster. They had two actors in, um, in like blue suits in like these big inflated arms. One guy was on stilts behind the other guy and like fighting him. So it just looks bad, I guess, you know? Yeah. But I think that fight was, was a bit of a bummer. Dude, biggest bummer. And like Goro's way more badass than that. He deserves a better fight scene than that. Like, yeah. And also, does this mean that like he's not in the next movie now to like actually fight in the tournament? Well, so that's the other thing about Mortal Kombat is like death isn't really death in these games, right? Like, so like at the end of the movie, you see Shang Tsung come back to take Sub Zero's body after he's dead, Mm -hmm. and like in the games, if I'm not mistaken, dead Sub Zero becomes Noob Cybot. Um, and then sometimes people are just resurrected, like they just because they can do that. So I no, I bet you Goro comes back. Why not? Sure. Doesn't I mean, matter. There's no, no rules. Like, yeah, no, like no rules. Like the way Jax's arms grew back. That was weird. 
Yeah, like no rules. We need to look up that word unless you remember it. Like you have to find like they had to unlock their inner chakra to find out what their superpower was. And like yeah. like they're uh, I don't I want to butcher it, but I'm going to I'm going to google it. But that was a whole thing that I didn't know um was part of the lore of Mortal Kombat is like you're you have this no. dragon mark, but you have to figure out what your powers are. Max, nobody knew that. Is that not a thing that's been in like other movies or the games or anything? No. Okay, well that makes me feel better. Uh, what else didn't you like, man? I mean, like I said, just the lack of depth. Like it, they've they focused around Cole Young, a character that we've never even seen. Like, why are they making a brand new Mortal Kombat movie about someone that's not already a character in the game? To me, that is just an inherent and unsurmountable flaw in the plan of this movie. Like I, I like make that it. I like that it's not them trying to rehash old stuff. Like most of these, like I kind of think it's cool that there's a new story. Because at one point, all of these characters were new. You know, um, like what's a good example? Um, 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 well, in the games, at least, like they introduce new characters and they weave those into the stories. Then that's that's fine. I just wish it wasn't so lame. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But like my case for this would be piggybacking on the fact that they just released uh, within the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called Mortal Kombat Legends or okay. Scorpion's Revenge. It was an animated feature and it was sure. all about the ba- I believe it was Scorpion's Revenge. It, that sounds really right. Uh, I'm going to Google it real quick. Yeah, it was a 2020 film. And I, I'm, it made it on my either Hot and Bothered or Flick Pick because it was one of the coolest, absolutely amazing uh, animated anything I've ever seen. And it was an hour and 20 long. It was like a feature length all about the backstory and the feud between yeah. um, Sub-Zero. Between Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Yeah. And I legit thought that they were going to follow this same, same character arc because the cartoon kind of starts almost the exact same way. I saw Scorpion. Actually, I watched the intro to that today. Yeah, and Scorpion's family is like slaughtered in the same way. I'm like... Yeah. Oh, they're using this version of Scorpion, like based on the Scorpion's Revenge cartoon, and that's gonna like carry this movie is this Scorpion story arc. Like, why would they start it so beautifully and focus around Scorpion if they're not gonna do that? And then they didn't do that. And they had the groundwork in this cartoon to do that, man. Like, I would watch that cartoon a hundred times before I watch that movie again. Yeah, to close my loop, the word was Arcana. He has to find his arcana or awaken his arcana. But yeah, I agree, man. Like, I don't know. It was very cool. Like I watched, I think it's probably like the first 15 minutes that happens in that cartoon. And I was kind of, like I mentioned earlier, like I watched part of the 95 movie, part of the 97. There's been a couple of spinoff series of Mortal Kombat, animated series. So I kind of looked at all the stuff. I just think it seems to me, and no pun intended here, but like it's an ancient story. Like it's been told a bunch of times as Scorpion versus Sub-Zero one in different ways. So mm-hmm. I'm st- I'm still going to land on the fact that I think it's fine that they went a different route. I just wish the character, I kind of wish his powers were cooler. Like he sort of had a, uh, um, like a Black Panther kinetic absorption suit thing happen. And yeah. I, that was it. I guess he also had, oh. it's, you know what it was like? It was like Anya Taylor-Joy in the New Mutants. Because like his armor would <laughs> get better, like the more trauma. I don't know what it was, but you yeah, know. Yeah, it's it was dumb is what it was. Like yeah. n- nobody gives a shit about a mortal combat character. Whose power is defense. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, your power is you can take a punch. Good for you, bud. Get the fuck out of here. I can shoot a fucking chain spear out of my hand. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. It's disrespectful, Max. Just disrespectful to a whatever. I don't even care about mortal combat, dude. You know, like I'm getting, I'm getting way too heated about something that I genuinely don't <laughs> give a shit about. I mean, honestly, I don't either. Like at the end of the day, I just, it bums me out when like you could make really cool shit and then you don't yeah. like that. That's just lame. Like this could be awesome. Like, okay. This could be, this could go down as like, this could have gone down as like one of the best video game action movies ever, but it's going to go down as like one of maybe not the worst, but down there. Wait, so rank, far down rank there. the three, the 95, 97 and 2021. Hmm. If this one, look, this one has to be the best. There's, 95, 2021, 20, okay. 97. All right, I'm not as familiar with the 95, so I guess I can't really refute that right now, but the 97 one is trash. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's so bad. Yeah. But I got to believe, like, the, the 95 one can't be that good. 
it was pretty cool. Was it cool because it was just kind of new? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to, I wouldn't like to, but somebody could put them all side by side and do a marathon and I would like to hear the results. You could do it. You got time. I don't want to. I don't want to do that at all. It's, it's free on Peacock. Is it? I have Peacock. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay. I think I'm, I'm about done on my thoughts with Mortal Kombat. Are you about there? Yup. Okay. Then you've been marinating uh, in your mouth this second beer, right? Tell people, tell people what it is. I know you're going to love saying that name. Yeah, boy. Shout out to Brian McAllister. His favorite animal's badgers. Oh, nice. I've got to get him a can of this. This beer is called Mad Badger Bloodlust. It's a blood orange pale ale that clocks in at 6% ABV with 35 IBUs and one I love you. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but it just makes sense. <laughs> That's this, fine. Like the, feels like the spirit is throwing heart hands at me, maybe. From their website, we read... Mad Badger Bloodlust starts as a traditional West Coast pale ale, but then we add blood orange, as you might have guessed, to accentuate the citrus and grapefruit character. Typical to pale ales, we add a bit of caramel malt to balance the hop and grapefruit presence. Amarillo and El Dorado hops were chosen that give this beer grapefruit and stone fruit flavors, respectively. <clears throat> and they were chosen for their smooth bitterness in, this, in the kettle and a citrus fruity quality. Finally, just enough blood orange is added to provide a refreshing aroma and flavor. It's medium bodies with mellow carbonation. Yeah, this is actually a, an adaptation of one of the other beers called Mad Badger Pale Ale. Uh, the, the the blood orange is obviously the difference. So you've been sipping it for a while. How is it? I, I don't know, man. Blood orange beers, for me, can be a little bit um, artificial and sometimes a little bit too musty. Like I think of the Brew Fear or Die Blood Orange from 21st Amendment is kind of the one that jumps to the front of my brain. And sometimes it's fine, but other times it's like, this is gross. <laughs> so how's, how's yeah. this one holding up? Well, on the nose, it's very like gummy candy, mm -hmm. uh, which is not a good start. Oh. Yeah, it's it's got a real like chewy candy nose. That sounds good. I mean, it could be good. I mean, yeah, depending on your take, it, it could be good. Mm -hmm. um, it pours a really dark amber the spear one thing i will say is it was much darker than i thought it was going to be uh, i don't know mm -hmm. what i was expecting but yeah it's it's like like an, a real dark amber very 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 dark uh so i'm like okay this beer is going to be a little bit stronger yeah. in flavor than i anticipated it's kind of like when you pour sierra nevada pale ale into a glass you're like whoa oh, yeah okay. oh hello okay that's yep. not what i quite what i expected yep. Yep. but all right um it's got a bunch of the nose in the flavor that that sweetness is coming through in a way that I don't necessarily love because it's kind of like it's sweet and it's also like really pithy and like bitter mm -hmm. and it it's hard to describe but this beer tastes squishy. Yeah. It tastes just like just like kind of like if this was fruit it would be squishy and not pleasant in my mouth. Um, it's super bitter and it's got like borderline cloying, very artificial tasting sweetness about it. Weird. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's funky. It's really, it's kind of a wonky beer, man. I would really like to try their, their mad badger pale ale just by itself. If they would have had that, I totally would have bought it to do a side by side, but unfortunately just the bloodlust was available. Um, Honestly, I'm pretty cold on this beer, man. I'm not really enjoying it at all. It's it's way too pithy and then contrasted with this weird, weird sweetness that does not complement the the bitterness well at all. It's it's not working cohesively for me. Um it's it leaves me like really bad aftertaste too, like almost sour in my mouth, just like kinda icky, like ugh, like that beer taste just it's yeah. hard to describe, but if you know it, you know it. Just that like, ugh, that pale ale, sour mouth aftertaste. Yeah, I always find the addition of blood orange to a hop forward beer to be kind of a strange move. Like again, my only, I'm sure there's a couple others I've had, but, and if you think of any, let me know. But the blood orange brew for your dyes is still like, it's pretty mellow in terms of hop character. So the blood orange kind of comes through front and center, but even that's a bit much. Like I think blood orange is a much better choice for something like, a wheat beer, you know, that would have been a cool thing to add to that first beer we talked about. I yeah. just, I don't know. It's, it's such a, such a, you know, what's the, what's the right word? Prominence, not quite it, but like a, a 
front and center. Like it, it tries to make a point. Blood Orange does. It's like here I am. There's unless you pair it perfectly with the right hop, I just think it's going to clash most of the time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's for me. It's very much so like grapefruit. Sure. Yeah. It's a it's a thing that's going to be. Ooh, it's a hit or miss thing, man. Although I it's, I don't know, like the citrus qualities of a grapefruit tend to be a lot more mashable with different hops. No pun intended. Um, like you can, you can mix that with a lot, a lot more types of hops, I think, whereas blood orange is, is way more specific. Yeah, it really is. And it's got, yeah, it's, it's really not landing in this beer for me. All right. Well, you want to give it a rating, man? Yeah, this one's tough. I don't think I would ever buy this again. Okay. Like, at this point, I'm just like, how bad do I rate this? Oh, oh boy. Yeah. I got, I got to try a little bit more. All right. Um, yeah, Fall think, River has a blood orange beer. I was trying to think of what that was called because I have that in my brain somewhere. I thought they did. Do you know what it's called? Blood Knot. Blood Knot. N A U G H T or K N O T? K N O T. Yeah. It's a fishing knot. Oh, cool. Blood Knot would be a pretty sick name for a ship with right. N A U G H T. The USS or the SS Blood Knot. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> just sounds like blood clot. Ugh. Just like, <laughs> just the name of a disease. Yeah. The U.S. blood knot. So I've revisited this beer. Okay. I'm, man, this is rough. Lay it out. It's it's not the worst beer I've ever had, but dude, it's it's pretty gross. Man, that sucks. Like, how, how, how old is that can, by the way? I don't think you told me. Uh, let me see. Let me check. Hold on. I, I kind of think they would put it on there. Uh, canned on 2.5. It's not the freshest. It's, you know, two and a half months old. Yeah, it's not the oldest though. It should still be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's a bummer, man. It's too bitter. Somehow it's both too bitter and too sweet. Yeah, that's never this good. Con- this confuses me. It confuses my brain. I don't like saying that sentence because it feels I feel like it doesn't make sense. But try this beer. It'll make sense. It's it's just too much in both directions and not enough meeting in the middle, man. It's uh God. Okay. This beer for me, it's a 3.2. 3.2 out of 10 from Mad Badger Bloodlust from Morgan Territory out of the mouth of Johnny Summers. So you know it to be true. So I suppose if you find yourself at Spike's Bottle Shop or another reputable bottle shop here in Chico or wherever you are, maybe reach for the wheat beer. Maybe reach for beer. Bees better have my honey. And then if you find your hand drifting towards Mad Badger Bloodlust, kind of just let it let it caress the can and, and move on because I we don't think you're going to like what you find. That is a fair assumption, my good sir. All right, let's move on. You want to talk hot and bothered? I do. You, I think I'll go first because you got a lot to talk about. Do you want me to give you a fun sound first? Sure. Hot and, and go ahead. Hot and bothered. We're here. Uh, lay it out, dude. Yeah, man. We're here. I, I haven't been consuming a great deal of content other than movies for the show. But uh, I have been enjoying some some cartoons and a big UFC event that happened this last Saturday. Like work's been super hectic, so it's pretty much just like get home, grind through some Star Trek, put on some cartoons, like just real standard stuff for me right now. Um, but Saturday was punctuated by a UFC event, and it was maybe the best UFC card that I've ever seen ever. It had everything that you could ever want. It had like a crazy injury. It had knockouts. It had new belt holders. It had reigning belt holders knocking out the competition. It was like super high stakes. Plus it was the first event with fans in the audience. They actually did it down in Florida. And I think there was something like 15 or 20,000 people in the arena. Sounds right. So yeah, Florida (laughs) man. Right. Um, So it was like the biggest sporting event since covid in the united states yeah. i mean i know other countries have like soccer stadiums full of people like in australia because they're they're rocking and rolling with the virus over there like handling it yep um so i can't attest to whether this was a smart move or not but as a fan watching on tv it was really cool to just hear the fans and i think it had a big impact on the events of the night and the output from the fighters so Really stoked on that. It was just one of the best viewing experiences I've ever had. And naturally, watching the UFC leads to about, you know, for me, 12 White Claws disappearing. Sure. Just like magic. Poof. 
Uh, which leads to a lot of cartoons the next day. Okay, yeah. I have fallen in love with BoJack Horseman. I know I'm late, okay? Shut up. I am very late to this game, but I cannot tell you how much that I love BoJack Horseman. It is well-written. It's super dark, super cynical with like little nuggets of truth and like moral metaphor and like philosophy. Yeah dumped in there and like the way all these characters are written and interact with each other is in a way that like it's it could appear to be one dimensional but upon further examination you find that it's like a ton of metaphor and a ton of of like introspective thought and you have this main character that's just massively self-destructive and full of self-loathing and is terrible to everyone around him and it's just a really well-written show. It's It's got Will Arnett and uh, Aaron Paul. They're like the two main characters. And a giant rotating cast of, of voice actors. I mean, everyone from uh, Rami Malek to Selma Hayek mm. to like Lisa Kudrow's been in a bunch. Like the, the, the voice credits on this show are insane. The amount of like top-tier A-list people that do voices on this show. Um, so if you've never seen it like me, and you've just kind of like brushed it off. Uh, if you're into like really dark, serious, funny, still cartoons with like a, a moral backbone, albeit leading by what not to do type of example, I think you should check out BoJack. I think it's a really worthwhile uh, cartoon to watch. I think it's much more than just, you know, a stupid cartoon with fart jokes. So to me, it's worthy. And that's all I got. Where could I watch it? It's on Netflix, man. It's like two. It's like one click away. Nice. All right. BoJack Horseman. Check it out if you'd like. I have COVID. <laughs> yes, we have to talk about this. I don't want to spend too much time on it, partially because my body doesn't like me speaking right now, um, which has been fun today. I've been holding in coughs for the past hour, but um, I lost my sense of taste on Saturday. Today yep. uh, is Wednesday, and it's been coming back slowly. I've also developed a bit of a cough. I've been. It, this was a very strange order of events because my allergies hit really hard one day. Then I got my first vaccine shot. Um, about a week ago. And then I was like, oh, I'm feeling crappy because of that. And then like taste one way. I'm like, I don't think the vaccine does that to you. So then I got <laughs> a rapid test yesterday morning, which proved positive. So now um, I am inside. I plan to stay here for the next, at this point, um, at least eight days, which is a real, real shame. You ever come to like the end of a long race or something and you're like, there's the finish line. And then people are like, just kidding. You are not quite out of the woods. You gotta like re yeah. rework your brain. You're like, oh shit, I gotta wait a little bit longer. That's how it feels. Cause I was like, it's been a year of this. And I was like, okay, I made it without getting COVID. I was safe the whole time. Good. Time for vaccine. Just kidding. Time for a, a strong kick in the pants. And now you have COVID. So that sucks. I don't feel great, but better than some, you know? Yeah. I mean, at least you're young and, and relatively healthy and yes. you exercise more than most people. So you got that going for you. I haven't been to the doctor to fill out a form in quite a while, but they gave me the form and on the form, it says, how much do you drink? And the options were none, a little moderately heavily. And they didn't specify what that meant. Usually it's like moderately means, you know, three to five drinks a week. But then I just had to imagine like, there's, I think I probably drink heavily. So I had to write that down for apparently no reason. Cause they gave me the test anyways. So I could have, I just told them that. You know, I just told him that yeah. I'm a heavy drinker. It was the first time I ever had to put that on paper. So I was like, that's not good. Probably. Yeah, that feels, feels real. feels real, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. So maybe consequently, I have not been drinking, but it's also because I don't feel good. Um, yeah. And that doesn't help your body heal. It makes your body way worse. So yeah, if you got COVID, don't drink. If you don't have COVID, probably drink less. Yeah. Just in I case. Remember the, I remember the first time, like uh, my doctor, like I got established and my doctor looked me in the eyes like, so how many drinks do you have a night? You're like how many drinks? How many drinks do you have a night? Fuck Just you, put, homie. put the same amount that you have, and that's what I. Yeah. That's what I have. Same, same as you, casual drinker. <laughs> I don't know. The doctor's like a bottle. I have to deal with people like you, and you're like, oh, I drink less than you. Yeah. So some nights that going for you. Well, shit, man. I'm sorry you got COVID. Thanks, dude. It sucks. Yeah. I get hope vaccinated. You feel better. Get, that's that's the bottom line here. Go get vaccinated, everybody. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, man. Like. It's a bummer because, yeah, I feel your pain, man. You were right at the end of I that know. race. And, like, I can attest you weren't being stupid. You were doing everything you needed to do. Like, you did the vaccine. You were wearing the mask. Like, 
it's just annoying. Like, and it's just circumstance. Yeah, it happens. Maybe a little pomp. It happens. Sure, sure. Uh, also, like Gianna got her first vaccine, and we live together, and she got a test, and she does not have COVID. What? And we have exchanged mouth particles before yeah. I knew that I had this. So yeah. just get the vaccine, I guess. That's that's my point, Alda. That's the silver lining. Mm-hmm. Go get it. Okay? Just do it. Yeah. So we can all hang out again. Yes. Anyways, that's uh, that's all I got, man. I think that's a great thing to end on. Yeah. Um, as usual, this show would not be possible without the support of Bailey Minardi. Also, thanks to our friends at the comments and the handlebar and everybody on Patreon. We sure as heck appreciate you. Johnny Summers, you got anything else? That's it, man. Uh, we don't have a movie or beers lined up for next week yet, so your guess is as good as ours. But uh, one thing we know for sure is there gonna be there's going to be an episode. So, you know, drink some good beer, watch some good stuff, be good to each other, and uh, go get your shots, baby. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.